The Beatles are a pretty nice band, and we've got a lot to say. The Beatles are a pretty nice band, talk about them day after day. But we also love the outfield a lot, so are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band, someday we'll judge if they're fine, oh yeah, someday we'll judge if they're fine. Penny Lane. Paul's answer song to Strawberry Fields Forever. The flip side to it, or Strawberry Fields is the flip to Penny Lane. It's a double A side, folks. Choose your own adventure. Mmm. Everybody knows. Um, there are parts of the song I really like. The drums when Paul sings, Meanwhile, back. The fact they left John's voice strain in the word summer after the finger pie lyric. Hmm. David Mason's piccolo trumpet is great. I like the key change at the end, which they were doing a lot at the time. It's not really fair to compare it to Strawberry Fields Forever. It's a great song on its own. I, I agree. Like It's not fair at all to compare it. Uh, what Paul and John are doing are very different <laughs> as well. But like They're complementary to each other, but they're doing very different things here on, on this double A side. John has gotten more experimental, but in, in a lot of ways, Paul has gotten more traditional with his instrumentation and things like the military style trumpet. It's like, we're really leaning into like, Hey, this is the stuff your parents might like, but doing it in a, I think in a better way. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're going to be compared to each other because they're on the same single and, Mm -hmm. um, they're both about childhood places for Yeah. Penny lane is a road in the South Liverpool suburb of Mosley Hill. The name also applies to the area surrounding its junction with Smithdown Road and Allerton Road and to the roundabout at Smithdown Place that was the location for a major bus terminus and originally originally an important train junction of Liverpool Corporation tramways. The roundabout was a frequent stopping place for John, Paul, and George Harrison during their years as school children and students. Penny Lane was written by Paul in the music room at his London home, 7 Cavendish Avenue, Near to EMI Studios and Abbey Road. So he's moved out of the Asher's place, finally. He's made, so, he's made enough money that he can afford his rent. Mm, finally. Yeah. That, that boy might make it after I all. I think so. Uh, Lennon's original lyrics for In My Life had included a reference to Penny Lane. Soon after the Beatles recorded In My Life in October 1965, McCartney mentioned to an interviewer he wanted to write a song about Penny Lane. A year later, he was spurred to write the song, once presented with John's Strawberry Fields Forever. McCartney also cited Dylan Thomas's nostalgic poem, Fern Hill, as an inspiration for Penny Lane. John is said to have contributed the line, Four of Fish and Finger Pie, which derived from a crude Liverpoolian sexual term. <laughs> a four of fish refers to four pennyworth of fish and chips, while finger pie is sexual slang for fingering. Sure. Mac is a raincoat. Just, uh, I didn't know that the first hundred times I heard it. So, it's weird that he's, he's not wearing a raincoat in the pouring rain. Very strange. So, once again, this has been, you learned a new British term. <laughs> a few of them. <laughs> so many. Thanks, Beatles. Thank you, yes. Uh, lyrically, there are several ambiguous and surreal images. The song is seemingly narrated on a fine summer day beneath the blue suburban skies. Mm-hmm. Yet at the same time, it is raining. The fireman rushes in for the pouring rain. And approaching winter, selling poppies from a tray implies Remembrance Day, which is on November 11th. 
On February 5, 1967, the Beals were filmed in Stratford, London, where they rode horses and walked in and around the Angel Lane area. Two days later, they went to Knoll Park in Seven Oaks, Kent, where the Strawberry Fields Forever film had been made a few days earlier. They rode horses through an archway and then sat at a dinner table where they were served with their musical instruments. Mal Evans was one of the servers. Ringo didn't care for the horses. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, let's listen to the youths on Dick Clark's show uh, responding to the pair. Here we go. It was different. Pardon? It was different. And you? It was uh, a little brighter on the brighter side of things. Uh-huh. Sir? They smiled at least. I thought it was weird. Weird. <laughs> They're okay. Reminded me of Hollywood about a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. What was your comment? It was alright. Alright? They're as bad as the monkeys. They just look different than they used to. Yeah, that's pretty safe to say. <laughs> Did I speak to you? No. What was your impression? I thought they looked good. It was a change. Change? They have a right to look any way they want. Yeah, yeah. Mick Jagger. All right. Well, how about the... Uh, let's, let's take our camera down in this row. I'm going to have to reach real long. The young lady here, the, the short hair. They just look entirely different. What do you think of it? Uh, these are all right. Not much of a change. Okay. Uh, January 12th, two trumpets, oboes, core anglis, and a double bass were overdubbed. Penny was then left until January 17th when the final touch was added. This was the song's distinctive piccolo trumpet part, played by David Mason, whom Paul had seen performing Bach's Brandenburg Concerto on BBC Two six days before. Let's be nice. You see somebody on TV like, uh, let's get that guy. Mm-hmm. And they were able to do it. Well, they're the freaking Beatles. They can afford anyone they want. It's a freaking... That's right. This is Jeff Emery talking. A few days later, I found myself carefully placing a microphone in front of David Mason, who was quite famous in the classical world as the principal trumpeter for the prestigious Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. The only problem was that no music had been prepared for him to play. Instead, he had to sit there for hours while Paul hummed and sang the parts he was hearing in his head, George Martin writing the notes out by hand. By this point, it was a big deal to be asked to play on a Beale's session. I suppose Mason felt that it was prudent to keep his countenance, though I'm quite sure the lack of preparation tried his patience sorely. Eventually, though, the score was worked out to Paul's satisfaction, and he headed up to the control room to listen as we began rolling tape. True professional that he was, Mason played it perfectly the first time through, including the extraordinary demanding solo, which ended on a note that was almost impossibly high. It was quite simply the performance of his life, and everyone knew it, except Paul. As the final note faded to silence, he reached for the talkback mic. Nice one, David, Paul said matter-of-factly. Can we try another pass? There was a long moment of silence. Another pass? The trumpeter looked up at the control room helplessly. He seemed lost for words. Finally, he said softly, Look, I'm sorry, I'm afraid I just can't do it any better. Quickly, George Martin interviewed and addressed Paul emphatically one of the few times in recent weeks I saw him assert his authority as producer. Good God, you can't possibly estimate to do that again. It's fantastic. A dark cloud gathered over Paul's face. For an uncomfortable moment, the producer and his headstrong young daughters glared at each other. Finally, Paul returned to the talkback mic. 
Okay, thank you, David. You're free to go now. Released on your own reconnaissance. Mm. Yeah. Mason recorded two overdubs, the solo and the flourish towards the song's close, which appeared on early U.S. pressings of the single, and later on Anthology 2. And with that, recording on Penny Lane was complete. It's amazing that he David did that Mason. all in one pass. Like, seriously. Yeah. That, that's incredible. Amanda's professional. Yeah. Uh, David Mason was quoted uh, in Mark Lewis's The Complete Beatles recording sessions. It's saying, although Paul seemed to be in charge, and I was the only one playing, the other three Beatles were there, too. They all had funny clothes on, candy-striped trousers, floppy yellow bow ties, etc. I asked Paul if they'd been filming because it really looked like they had just come off a film set. John Lennon interjected, Oh, no, mate. We always dress like this. <laughs> well, now you do. In August 1987, the piccolo trumpet bass had played on the Beatles' Penny Lane and All You Need Is Love, spoiler, mm. was sold... In an auction at Sutterby's for $10,846. The original U.S. promo single mix of Penny Lane had an additional flourish of piccolo trumpet notes at the end of the song. The mix was clearly superseded by one without the last trumpet passage, but not before copies had been pressed and sent to radio stations. By the late 1980s, these discs were among the rarest and most valuable Beatles collectibles. Uh, in the United States, the song became the band's 13th single to reach number one in the Billboard Hot 100, doing so for a week before being knocked off by the Turtles' Happy Together. Imagine me and you. Uh, 2011, Rolling Stone ranked Penny Lane at number 456 on its list of the 500 greatest songs of all time. In 2021, it was pumped all the way up to number 280. Hmm. In Mojo's list of the 101 Greatest Beatles songs, published in 2006, the song appeared at number nine. Uh, there's a great cover of Penny Lane that is done by a fellow Liverpudian, Elvis Costello, uh, who does it mm. in front of Paul McCartney, which must be very, uh, imi- um, that must be nerve wracking, um, with McCartney's band uh, at the White House. Uh, it, it's yeah. on YouTube. You should look it up. It's, it's a great cover. If Andrew recommends it, you should look it up. Not not um, always, but this one for sure. Oh, oh, I don't know. No, 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 no. The Albany one was great. I yeah. would love a, the <laughs> the Beatles to to do the Albany song. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and you know Jeff Hemrick and Elvis Costello worked together in the eighties. That's right. Yes. Love Count Zero. We're beyond love. Josie Scale, is this song better than Your Love by the Outfield? I say, ah, yeah. Yeah! Love this song. The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Talk about them day after day. But we also love the Outfield a lot. So are these songs better than your love? The Beatles are a pretty nice band. Someday we'll judge if they're fine. Oh, yeah. Someday we'll judge if they're fine.